For those of you who don't know me, I'm Fernando. I'm the youth leader here. Um, I lead Tribe. Um, yeah, give it up for Tribe. Um, been leading Tribe for about two years now. Carrie and I, we love it. Um, I'm just going to apologize now. If for some reason I start talking about abstinence, if I start talking about drugs, if I start talking about inappropriate music, it's just because that's kind of how everything goes back to when you lead youth, okay? So somehow we always land on one of those topics. Um, one thing that I'm sure that will be nice for me is usually there's somebody that raises their hand and asks a question. I'm used to answering questions in the middle of a message, so don't be afraid if you raise your hand and you're like, Fernando, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, can you clarify? Go ahead and that's fine. Like, that's totally cool. Um, so why don't we do this? Why don't we, uh, let's, let's read the word. Um, let's go to Joel 2.6, if you guys have your Bibles. I'm going to be reading from the book of Joel. And this is not Joel Osteen, okay? So don't get confused. It's not that Joel, all right? This is the prophet Joel. If you guys don't know, it's a very small, short book. It's only three chapters. Um, very short. You guys should definitely read it. I, um, this is something that God put on my heart um, actually maybe about a month ago um, in praying for Southlands. And so when Kelly asked me to preach, um, this had already been on my heart. This had been something that had been already uh, stirring in my spirit. So... Um, I'm just going to, is it okay if I just talk to you guys, if I maybe start preaching to you guys? Are you guys okay with that? You guys are going to be all right? You're not going to be scared? All right, let, let's do it. Let's go to chapter 2, verse 6. Let me see here. Actually, no, I lied to you guys. Let's start at chapter 2, verse 11. It says, The Lord thunders at the head of his army. His forces are beyond number, and mighty are those who obey his command. The day of the Lord is great, it is dreadful, who can endure it? Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this morning. I just ask that you do what only you can do today in our hearts, Lord God. I ask that you be real, that you be evident. I pray that you give us just a, a fresh new perspective, Lord God, for our lives, Lord God. We stand here at the end of 2019 on the cusp of a new uh, decade, Lord God, and I just ask that you prepare us in our hearts, Lord God, for what you want to do to us, Lord God, this year. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so on August 11th of this year, um, it was one day before um, my daughter, Tessa, our third daughter, would be born. And if you've been around a pregnant woman, if you've been married and you have kids, you understand this feeling of when is this kid going to come? When is it going to happen? Um, and so uh, August 11th, we came to church. It was a Sunday. And we were, it, it felt like a normal day to me. My wife was over it and was just like, when is this going to happen? I'm, I'm done. And of course, as a husband, you don't ask, do you, like, are you feeling anything? Like, does anything feel any different? You don't really ask those questions because it's just apparent that something is happening, right? Um, we go to church. I end up going to work. I work graveyard. Um, I go to work that night. 
I had my cell phone with me. I told her, call me. Let me know if you feel anything, if, you know, whatever. Um, and so she calls me about 10 o'clock at night, and she says, you know what? It, you got to come home. It's, it's going to be time. She goes, I don't think it's going to happen right now, but at some point it's going to happen. So I go home, and I get home, and my wonderful wife had just taken a shower, and she, had, she was doing her makeup and was doing her hair. So if any of you guys know Carrie, like, you know, like, one of the things about Carrie and I is that we're control freaks, you know? We're both kind of type A, OCD, like everything has a place and has to be in order, right? In order for things to happen. And she was like, you should take a shower. We had all our bags. We, we were prepared. We had a false alarm a couple weeks before where we were not prepared. Uh, and we made sure we, like, we need to be prepared. So, like, I had my to-go bag. She had her bag. We had the diaper bag. We had the car seat. Uh, we had the stroller. Like, we were, the room was done. Like, we were just waiting for this kid to come out. Um, we get to the hospital. Again, this is third time. Like, we've done this already. Like, I know what to expect. I know how this goes. She knows I don't do well in these situations. But I know what to expect, and she knows what to expect of me. All right? And so get to the hospital. Uh, they start hooking her up, and, and she's in labor. And, um, the, you know, they go to do the ultrasound just to double check on the baby. And the, the nurse who's doing that says, okay, you know what? Um, there's going to be a change of plans. Um, we're actually going to have to do a C-section, so go ahead and get her ready and just, you know, start getting her ready. We're going to have to wheel her out. And Carrie and I are like, well, wait, what did you just say? Like, this is, like, this is not supposed to go this way. This is not how this, this is not part of the plan. This is not, and the look in Carrie's eyes in that moment was just utter devastation, just to be honest. It was... Um, it was anger, it was rage, and it was glossy eyes all at the same time, all right? And it was immediately, we, we jumped to, um, no, there's, we know you can flip the baby. We know there's things that you guys can do to change this. Um, and long story short, it couldn't happen, and they said, you're, like, you're at the point where this is going to be an emergency C-section, like if we don't do it now. Uh, which means mom has to be put under. Can I just tell you that I was not prepared, neither was my wife, for being people that are very prepared, well thought out, everything in order. This was not the plan, right? This is not how this was supposed to go. That, that baby, Tessa Leia Lior, was flipped the other side and was flipped up and was like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm happy where I'm at. Like, I'm good. And we were like, no, little girl, like, that's, this is not the plan, and this is not how we're going to start day one of life, okay? I'll tell you that right now. Um, but they wheel her out, and I remember the nurse just saying, here's some scrubs, Mr. Playas, put them on, and go walk down that hallway, we'll call you in 10 minutes. It happened like that. Not ready at all. Not mentally, emotionally, because I already knew, in my mind, this was supposed to go a different direction. I sat there um, in that hallway, and just like every good Christian, you start going through the list of things of, what did I do wrong? <laughs> what did I do wrong? Okay, every good Christian does that, right? For some reason, we default to 
God, what did I do that I deserve this? Even though this is not the end of the world, but when, when the doctor tells you that your daughter is in danger and mom is in danger because of what's going on, that is the scariest moment to hear for a parent in that moment, right? Now, I know and I trust the professionals to do their job. But in that moment, the reality of who you are as a person, all this stuff sinks into you, right? That's, that's real life. That's how real life happens, right? We read these stories of faith, but you don't realize that these are real people that have real emotions tied to these things, right? And so I'm, I'm like... God, I, I, I serve in church. Like, I, I lead tribe. I, I, you know, I, I, I play worship, and I do this, and I start going through this list of all these things. Like, where did I go wrong? Like, what did we do? What happened? And I remember thinking, or it wasn't like an audible voice. It wasn't, it was just like, son, your faith, what is your faith based on right now? What is your faith based on? Is your faith based on performance? Because that's where, you're, that's where you're going back to. You're defaulting to your performance. Or is your faith based on prayer? That's my question to you guys. That's my first question. Is, is your faith based off of performance? Because if it is, when things go bad, you're going to start going through the list. And, and I'll, I'll tell you guys, there was some things that I was like, oh, I did that, and oh, I did that, and oh my gosh, maybe he remembered that thing, you know, um, maybe that wasn't dealt with, or I said this thing to my wife or my coworker or whatever, maybe, like, maybe God is like hanging this over my head right now, even though none of that is true. Even though I know the truth, the reality is you go there in your mind, right? So I want you to look to your neighbor. The, the title of this message is Resolve to Rewind. So look to your neighbor and say Resolve to Rewind. Resolve to rewind. Fernando, what in the world does that mean? Let me give you the context of this book of Joel. Um, we read here that it says that the Lord thunders at the head of his army. At this time, Joel is talking to a people, right? Talking to Israel. And there has been an infestation, an invasion, call it what you want, of locusts. All right, locusts, are, for those of you who don't know, a lot of people would think, oh, they're just grasshoppers. No, locusts are worse than grasshoppers, all right? I did some Googling trying to look up what a locust looks like because I've seen a grasshopper before and they're disgusting. A locust just looks like, you know, like a mar the marine version of a grasshopper, right? It, it's like, it's going to come in, it's going to invade, it's just going to devastate everything. Well, they have been infested right, with these locusts all over their land, and it's eaten up everything. One of the funny things is, and I encourage you guys to read Joel. It's such a small read. It's only three chapters, but I'm not going to go back, and I'm just going to give you the context, is in Joel 1, he talks about all the disasters that have happened because of these locusts. And I'll tell you that in that moment when I'm standing in the hallway, I thought to myself, this is a disaster, this is a disaster for me in that moment. I've had worse situations, but I, in that moment, I was like, this is a disaster, right? And Israel is faced with a disaster, right? And it's funny because he says, you, he mentions the drunk people of Israel. He says, you drunks who love to drink and love to get drunk, he says, you can't even do that and be happy. 
He says, the people that like to work, the lay people, right? The middle class, uh, blue collar people, they are affected by this thing. They can't even enjoy what they do. And then he goes, he takes it one step further, and he says, the people that are in the temple, the priests, and the people outside of the, the temple, you know, kind of like, you know, you see a pastor maybe like Kelly, and you're like, oh, you know, this person loves to hang around Kelly or, you know, the inner circle, you know. And, and Joel talks about these people. He says there's the people that are in the temple that are, you know, the priests, you know. They're the lucky ones, you know. But then there's the people outside. And he says even them, he's like, even they are affected. And he's like, the thing is, it has really nothing to do about the locusts. He actually says that God speaks to him. He's looking at this. This is like an observation of this country, right? And he's saying, God is telling you guys that you are all going through the motions. From the drunk people to the, just the normal blue class worker to the people in church. Every single one of you guys are going through the motions. What do you guys think of that? And, and that's something that hit me when I, when I was reading this. I realized, and I'm thinking about this story. I realized that I had been going through the motions in my life. What are the areas uh, in your life that you find yourself going through the, the motions? Because that's what performance is. Performance is, is I'm just going through the motions to get something done. I'm not actually praying. I'm not actually communicating with God. What does that mean, though? Like, what is, like, what is he saying? What is prayer? A lot of people get all hung up on prayer, and it's like, I'm not a prayer warrior. You know, I don't pray three times a day. Can I tell you, um, let's break it down like this. Let's break it down to uh, a marriage. Let's, let's break it down to Carrie and I. If all I ever did, and for and you women out there that are married or dating or even if you're single, all right, don't start hollering at me, all right? Uh, and this actually probably would work in your favor. But um, if all I ever did, right, if your man, if all he ever did was do everything that you wanted, right? So, like, detail the car, get, it, get a car wash weekly, right? Um, make sure that the laundry is done, the dishes are done. Make sure you're cleaning up the house. Make sure you're doing your chores. Make sure the kids are being taken care of. Um, making sure that mom gets her time, right? And that's all marriage was about, or our relationship, right, if you're dating. All it was about was performance and performing for that person and giving that person what they want. Would that person feel good? Women out there, would that feel good? You could say yes. Okay, for a while. Lorelai knows. She gets where I'm going with this. But prayer, what is prayer? Prayer is just talking. Prayer is just communicating. And that's what Joel is actually saying, is you guys are all going through the motions in this country, right? And he's looking at everything, and he says, but nobody's actually talking to God. Nobody is actually communicating with God. Nobody is actually saying, hey, I have some junk in my life, or I'm, I'm dealing with this, or I had a good day, or I had a bad day. No one's actually saying and bringing this stuff to them. And how, and, and you might be saying, Fernando, where, like, where are you getting this from? Let's, let's look at um, verse 12 again. It says, Even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. 
I'm going to focus on rend your heart and not your garments. What does that mean, to rend your heart and not your garments? For those of you who don't know, um, if, you were, uh, if you were a priest, um, or even if you were just a Jew, they had this custom, right? They'd have these robes, and if, if Isaiah made me mad, right, we're arguing about uh, the rise of Skywalker, and, I, believe, and I, I thoroughly loved it, and he doesn't like it, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just like, man, I, I disagree with you, and I'm so hurt, and I'm so angry because I'm right and you're wrong. And so what I would do is if, because I, you know, they're dressed like, you know, Jesus wear, you know what I mean? They have like all these robes. They would tear, right? They would tear their garments, and they would tear it off, and it was a, a, like a statement of, I'm in pain, or I'm in anger, or I'm sad, right? But Joel is saying, you do that to please people. You do that to show people, like, look at me. Look at me. Look at what I'm doing. You know what Joel says? Joel says, why don't you do something that actually counts and actually would hurt you, and that would actually change you? He says, why don't you try tearing your heart instead? That's what God is saying. That is the hardest thing to do. That's the real thing. He says, you want to know about real faith? You want to know what it really means to connect with God? Is tear pieces of your heart off. Um, but what does that look like? Um, that comes down to all the things in our life that we're carrying. We're all carrying stuff. We stand at the end of 2019 and looking back at 2019, um, there might be some unresolved issues in your life. There might be some unresolved conversations, some unresolved um, things that you've done maybe, things that you've, you thought like, I'm gonna throw the, I'm gonna hide this under the rug, I'm gonna sweep it under there, I'm not gonna deal with it right now because I just don't have the time to deal with it. What Joel is saying is, no, guys, you, when you tear your garments, it's just like that. You're just hiding it. You're not actually dealing with it. You're just saying, I'm tearing this thing off, but I'm not, gonna, I'm not choosing to go deeper with my spouse or with my um, loved ones or with my coworkers. Um, what would the soundtrack of this year be? What would the soundtrack of this year be uh, for you, for your life? If you had to put a soundtrack or maybe a song Right? I love music. That's one of my passions in life is music. Uh, what would be the song of the year for your life? For 2019, what would be the song? Um, I was looking at uh, the Billboard 200, um, the top albums of the year. All right? And if any of you guys know any of these, I mean, God bless your heart. Because uh, some of these I did not know at all. Um, actually, I know every single artist on here, but I... I be honest, I did not listen to all these albums. Um, but number one album of the year is going to be Billie Eilish, When We Fall Asleep, Where Do You Go? Number two is Ariana Grande, Thank You, Next. Uh, number three is Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper, A Star is Born. And number four is Taylor Swift, Lover. Um, not saying that any four of those have to be one of your albums, but those are the top albums of the year. That's according to Billboard, right? That's not according to me. Um, that's not my favorite music. Um, but one of the things that Joel is talking about is he's saying, Israel, like, you guys have to look back in order to move forward. And that's what I'm saying to you guys today. 
We have to look back. If you want to move forward into this new year, you have to look back in order to move forward. Can I tell you that Israel knew a lot about locusts? They knew a lot about locusts, okay? And he says this on purpose because he says, you need to look back to a time when the locust was actually your friend. They were actually your ally. They were on your team, right? If you guys remember the story of Moses, you guys remember that story, the story of Exodus and the whole, you know, let my people go story? What ends up happening is one of the plagues is locusts. And Israel took pride and they were like, yes, get them, God, right? Like, yes, the marine version of a grasshopper, go in there and get them, set us free, right? That was the whole point of that. They knew a lot about this. But what happens when your ally becomes your enemy? What happens when something like your performance, right, all of a sudden becomes your enemy, just like it did for me? All of a sudden, you start looking around and you start blaming people. You start blaming God. You start blaming your situation instead of actually acknowledging what's happening in that moment. Um, how many people remember these things? Does anybody remember these things? You guys remember these things? Does anybody still have these? Can I tell you, I actually had to go to Penny Lane th uh, Thrift Shop, or not Thrift Shop, a uh, record store in Upland. Yeah, I should have. I have some, so I'll, I'll tell you that um, uh, growing up and playing music, when I started to record, um, I had a little black Sony uh, tape player, right? And you would take that, you take a blank tape, I'd get them from Walmart, and I'd buy like a pack of like 20, right? My mom thought I was crazy. And I would put these tapes in there and then play my guitar and then just like record nonsense, right? For like hours, you know? And then you get into a band. I started playing bands and then we realized like you'd play, like you'd record it. And then all of a sudden you go back to play it and you like played this awesome song or this awesome riff. And then you go back to play it and it's like. <laughs> and then you'd have to take the thing out and you'd put it in another room and then you'd go back and play again. And so anyway, um, I picked up, uh, this one is RCA's. 60s rock and roll. Uh, breaking up is hard to do, Neil Sedeca. Yeah, How, the lion sleeps tonight, the tokens. Somebody to love, Jefferson Airplane, right? Anybody know those songs? How about this one? I, I actually, I listen to these. Believe it or not, my, my little VW actually has a tape player. For, yeah, that's how old that car is, all right? I like this one. I just picked it up because it was cheap, but this is um, uh, the Motown sound. 16 number one hits from the early 60s. Uh, Please, Mr. Postman. Uh, they have Smokey Robinson and the Miracles. They have Shop Around. Um, there's a bunch of songs. Diana Ross and the Supremes. A lot of good songs on here. You guys, I'll give these out if you guys want them at the end. Uh, you just got to pay me. Um, but uh, this cassette right here, right? I'm going to use this as an illustration as this is you, right? This is who you are. And um, the thing about cassette players, for those of you who don't know, because music is in the air now. Like, it's like, you can't touch it. You can't, like, hold on to it. I love, I put this in the car. I loved it because it sounds so warm. There's, like, a warmth to it, uh, to the sound. There's just, you can't get that when listening to music through your phone. I know some of you guys are looking at me and you're like, you know, frown. You Fernando, you, you have no idea. Anyway, so um, I just love the sound of this. But the thing about this, for those of you who don't know, or I'm kind of reminding you, you put this in, right? You push play in the tape cassette player. And then it starts playing. 
and then you go about your business, you're doing your thing. And if you remember that when it hits a snag, that you'd have to run back, right? And click stop, right, real quick, and then try to pull this thing out, right? And then you're like, the worst feeling in the world, right? Because then this starts, this starts happening, right? And you're like, you're trying to pull it out. And as you pull it out, you're being all careful. And you're like, please, God, save it. And then you're like, and then it gets crinkled, right? And then, you know, you guys remember that? Like it gets crinkled. And then the next time you put it in, and then all of a sudden when it plays, it gets warbly. You guys know what I'm talking about. You know, I was looking through the, the cassettes and there was like TLC and there was, um, there was um, Notorious and there was like, there was some like good stuff. They actually, um, my brother works uh, in the music industry and he says that cassettes are actually coming back. Like they're actually, every new artist is actually making these again now, which is kind of cool. But what happens is, is in our lives that you hit a snag and if you're not close enough to hit stop, this is what happens to you. You become unwound, right? And you know what ends up happening? Is if you don't have something bigger than you to be able to lift you up and rewind, I'm not gonna be able to rewind all this thing, I'm so sorry guys, um, for whoever wants this. Um, <laughs> but if you don't have somebody to be able to do that, right? And by somebody, I mean God, to be able to pick you up rewind because it has to be rewound back up again and then placed back in. If you don't have that in your life, man, that's a scary place to be in. And that's this whole idea of settling, resolving it, settling it in your heart to go back, right? To say, man, God, like there was a time where the locusts were on my side. Can I also say that Locusts, even though they're large, right, there's, they're little issues, right? You would say that's a little issue. But when you don't deal with the little things in life, and it just accumulates and accumulates and accumulates, we all know what ends up happening, right? It turns into the big thing, right? And that's what the story of this is. The story is there's a ton of little issues, little problems that need to be dealt with, that turn into this big issue. What are the little issues in your life that need to be dealt with, right? Because God is saying, there's a new decade coming. My sister says, I'm so excited. There's a new decade coming. It's the roaring 20s. I'm like, the roaring 20s? I, I mean, I didn't live during that time, but that flappers and the great Gatsby and all of that stuff, I mean, it's a great movie, maybe, and a great story, but I, I don't like that style. That's not my vibe. Um, but how have we become unwound in our hearts, right? And what is it going to take for us to get back? Um, I'm not a, a points person, like a bullet point person. I don't, that's not me. Um, I I, even in leading tribe, I don't do that um, all that often. But in reading this, I just kind of, I did make some points, and I think it's helpful. And um, I, for those of you who are taking notes, um, let's start off with uh, point number one, which is reflecting. Reflecting. What we have to do as a people, as a church, before we go into this next year, uh, it's healthy for us to reflect on what has happened this last year. 
What does that mean? It means acknowledging the disasters in your life. Just acknowledge it. Okay, you know what? This didn't go as I thought it was going to go. Right? I applied for that position. I didn't get it. I thought the baby situation was going to go this way, and it didn't go this way. Um, I thought this friendship was going to go this way. It didn't go this way. Um, it's acknowledging not just the disasters, it's acknowledging the sins and the failures in our lives. The sin and failures. Because you know why? Because just like the locust, the sin and our failures, which is the deeper issue of what Joel is talking about, is actually it reaps devastation in your life if you don't take care of it. That is the deeper meaning to what's going on here. Yes, he's like, the locusts are an issue, but that's not the real issue, Israel. The real issue is this underlining issue, right, that's going on in your life. And you choosing not to deal with it and you just going through the motions is reaping devastating destruction upon your life. But what does he say to do? Let's read what he says to do here. Um, he gives us the why we should do this, but... Um, how should we do this? He says, return to me with all your heart with fasting, weeping, and mourning. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of zone in on the weeping and mourning. We have to be sincere. You have to be sincerely sorry. And that's what he's saying. You have to weep. You have to cry. And for, if you're a guy, it's okay. It's all right. Actually cry. Actually not just apologize, but be sorry for what you've done. Um, the third thing is fasting. And the thing is, we actually do have a fast coming up. And don't use fasting as part of your resolution, all right? Some of you guys out there have resolutions for the year, and it's like, I want to eat healthy. I want to lose weight. I want to do this. And you're like, fasting just kind of fits in right now with what I want to get done and how to accomplish my goals for this year. Um, that's not what fasting is, you know. Um, and Joel says, man, it's detoxing your body. We hear that word a lot now, right? That's like a, a buzzword, detox your body. Get rid of all the toxins. Well, do that spiritually. That's what he's saying. You guys are all doing this stuff on the outside, going through the motions. No, actually get rid of everything to actually be filled with God's spirit, to help you get through the little issues, to deal with the little issues before they become big issues in your life. Number two is resolving. Resolving meaning to settle. Settle it in your heart. I had to settle it in, in my heart. I was in that hallway and had to settle it in my heart and realize, okay, I have to pray. I have to pray and I have to trust in God that everything's going to be okay. Um, the Latin word for settle is to untie, which is kind of the same idea of untying this whole mess, Right? untie it to get back to where you need to go to where God wants you to be. Um, it's owning up to your sins and failures. Owning it. Just own it, guys. And I'm saying, guys, just own it, right? It's hard for us to own our, our mistakes. Just own them. It'll make your wife happy. Trust me. If you just own it. Um, let me see here. I'm going to I'm going to quote C.S. Lewis here. I don't know if it's, I think they have a slide for it. I love C.S. Lewis, and this is what he says. 
Um, and this is, has to do about repentance and resolving your issues with God. It says, repentance is not something God demands of you before he will take you back, and which he could let you off if he chose. It is simply a description of what going back is like. How awesome is that? I'm going to read that again. Repentance is not something God demands of you before he will take you back and which he could let you off if he chose. It is simply a description of what going back is like. He's going to take you back, right? Repentance is just the act of actually doing it, right? That's all it is. He's going to do it, but it's so hard for us to do it because we just feel like, oh my gosh, you start going through this laundry list of things that you did wrong. Can I tell you guys um, that there is an old, I know this sounds weird, but for especially people that are younger, um, but there is an old person inside of every single one of you that is counting on you to make the right decisions now. Because one day, you will become that old person, and that old person will either thank you or will either say, man, I, I, I really wish you would have done this better, or I really wish you, you'll live with that regret. Choose today to deal with those issues. So that way when you jump into 2020 and you want better vision for the year, and I'm not talking about motivational, right? Um, motivational um, encouragement, right? I'm talking about better vision, God's vision, right? That's the best vision to get you through your life. The last one is going to be revive. To revive you, to repair, to renew um, your relationship with God and relationship with other people. I'm going to end it with this. Let's... Um, I'm going to read one more scripture. Let's go to Joel 2.25. Now, a lot of you would think, man, there are some things, Fernando, I've done. There's situations I've been in, and you have no idea, and I regret a lot, and I don't want to deal with this stuff, and I feel like it's wasted years, and it's all been gone. God's response is so much greater. Because this is what he says. This is God's response to his people. He says, I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten. The great locusts and the young locusts, the other locusts and the locust swarm, my great army that I sent among you. And then he goes on and he says that he's basically going to bless you back. He also says, after that, I will pour out my spirit on all people, on your sons and daughters, and they will prophesy, and your old, man, old men will dream dreams, and every young man will see visions. And then he goes on about uh, speaking to both men and women, and, and God sees everybody the same, right? We're, our culture is all about equality, but can I say God's been about equality from day one. And if you follow God, you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to trip about it. It's fine because you're like, God sees us all the same right? It's not about, oh my gosh, you know, I got to follow this movement because of this, or I got to follow this, and that's all good, and that's great, right? And we should do that. But just know, if you're really following God, that's all you have to worry about, right? He, he has your back. Um, the album of the year, I realized that at the end of the year, you're kind of, you're like, I was thinking about, what is the soundtrack of this year from my life. And I thought of some albums, and they're, they're a little bit more bluesy because it's a little sad, but it's a little, like, rocky, and it's a little, like, like, this is just who I am, you know? Like, uh, this, I'm just being real. But um, one of the things, more than being real, because our, our culture is all about just be you. Just be real. Just be you. 
Um, and we have to fight that every day. We have to fight that. And one of the albums, Love Them, Hate Them, I Don't Care, um, but Kanye West's album, Jesus is King. He could have named that album anything he wanted to. And I just read four artists and all the things that they, they named their albums because it's like, this is me. This is who I am, right? And he says, Jesus is king. And I have to say, at the end of this year, no, good, bad, ugly, everything else, I stand here and say, Jesus is king over my life this year. That is what you have to decide for yourself. One of the lines in that song, he says, uh, Jesus Christ did the laundry. And I love that because he did your dirty laundry. That's what he did. He did it for you. He did all the, all the hard stuff, all the bad stuff for you. Um, worship team, you guys can go ahead and come up. I'm going to read this Romans 10, 9, because this is what Jesus did for us. And I think uh, some of us just need this reminder because you might say, God, I, I've never given my life to the Lord, and I need to be saved. I have shame in my life, and I need to be saved. Some of you might say, I've been a Christian, and I've just made some bad, poor decisions in my life, right? And I need help. Um, this is what Romans 10, 9 says. It says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Never be put to shame. So if you're dealing with things in your life, whether it's a small little marine locust, right, that's just bothering you, or you're like, man, Fernando, like, this thing has overtaken my life, and I'm just like the Israelites, and I'm just completely overwhelmed right now in my situation. The scripture says all you have to do is confess with your mouth, and he will save you in your situation. He will come in and save you.